Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the head coach of Canacuck Camps. It's Joe White. Hello, Shay. <laughs> Joe, I just, I am... I'm coming out of my skin. I'm so excited about our podcast today. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling really good, Shane. I Thank think it's going to be electric. I do too, man. This is the, we got a couple of studs with us. We today, got a man. couple studs in here. So you may or may not know this, but Canacut Camps is all about equipping next generation leaders, and we happen to have a couple sitting at our table right now. They're Canacut campers. They are Branson locals. They happen to even go to church with us. Um, so these these guys, uh, we could not be bigger fans of them. Uh, they happen to be brothers as well. We're sitting here with Carter and Ty Jenkins. Fellas, say hello to the people. Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. What's up? <laughs> there, you can also tell they're naturals on the mic. This is going to be good. <laughs> they're, they're naturals when they play football and when they play baseball, I'll tell you that. That's In fact, right. I just saw... A, a rerun one more time of The Natural last night. And, you know, Carter happens to be an incredible baseball player. He's at least as good as Robert Redford. Uh, bats about 440 in the summer league, Shay. And he has a baseball mullet. Yes, he, he does, does ladies yes. gentlemen. It's a powerful mullet. So what I do a lot of times in podcasts like this is I, when I get scared or intimidated or maybe even insecure, I look around for a mullet. And generally, I don't find one. But today, I stare into your mullet and I find encouragement and new power to keep charging forward in this podcast. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be good. So we are here celebrating a victory, Joe. I don't even know how to describe it. I, I happen to be, my favorite form of working out is CrossFit. I, I did the you know traditional sports thing, the bigger, faster, stronger program, you know, starting as at 12 years old. And then, um, in college, I was just trying to make, you know, the show muscles look better, stand in front of the mirror and, uh, out of college, I got into triathlons and, and then, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, I discovered CrossFit, absolutely fell in love with it. And so every summer it happens to be the ninth, ninth week of our camper terms, the CrossFit games comes on and, uh, I'll always sneak away and, see what uh, what those guys and gals are doing. And it's just so impressive. So I've become a big fan of the sport. Well, we happen to have a homegrown young man here, Ty Jenkins, who, how long ago did you start CrossFit? Um, I started training consistently about a year ago. So one year ago. Carter, I, did you teach him everything you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I feel like um, I was a big key to him starting CrossFit. Um, but no, he he definitely worked at it to get to where he was, and I was just um, lucky enough to be alongside him this whole time. You're so. his greatest cheerleader. Yes, yes. So uh, just a couple weeks ago at the CrossFit Games, uh, Ty Jenkins won the 14 to 15 year old male division. He is officially the fittest 14 to 15 year old male. On Earth, on planet Earth, you have been dubbed the fittest on Earth. Incredible honor. That's it's unbelievable. That's literally what they call it, the fittest on Earth. 
So Ty, tell us about this journey. How did you, you know, when did you realize, number one, I love doing this. Number two, I'm good at it. And num- number three, I got a chance to really compete in this worldwide competition. Tell, tell us a story. Well, I kind of fell in love with it really as soon as I started doing it consistently. I, I'm a competitive person and that's exactly what CrossFit is. It's competitive fitness. I mean, mm-hmm. I could go into the gym and the, you're competing every day. Uh, it's a race and I love that about it. Um, there was a competition online because it was during COVID that I did last winter called the U.S. Trials. Uh, I had a blast doing that. It was my first individual competition ever. And I think after I did that and took first place, my coach asked me if I'd be interested in trying to go to the CrossFit Games. And I was like, sure, yeah, let's do it. So when the Open rolled around, I I still wasn't sure where I stacked up against all these kids. And I ended up getting fourth in the Open. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I think I can make something out of this. Right. So... Carter, describe the CrossFit Open to people who have no sense of of what that is. Okay, so the CrossFit Open, um, it's this online competition, at least the first stage is, and every week they announce a workout, and it's just usually on a Thursday night, and you have until right Monday, right, Ty, to complete it. There's, I think this year there was four, four workouts, and you submit a video online of your workout with your score for the workout. So there's always a score or a time to go with your workout and you'd submit it along with your video and they take the top 10% from every age division that would qualify to the next round. Right. So it's a worldwide competition that anybody can participate in. So I've been doing the open for years, you know, just, you know, it's just cool because you can see where you stack up in the world. I mean, it's such a fascinating concept and Ty got fourth. I mean, when you got fourth or when, you know, there's four, four different stages of that and you saw yourself doing well, what are you thinking like in regard to like your ability to win the thing? I knew that the workouts dealt and the open were definitely to my strengths. So I still didn't know where that would put me uh, if I went to the games where there's seven events rather than four, if I would fall farther back in some events and that may hurt my overall place but I knew that it was enough to move on and I knew that I had a long time to prepare for the games. Joe one of the things I love about this sport is I would say one of the the fathers of CrossFit is a guy named Rich Froning. Rich Froning is a four-time champion. He's in a, he's a super outspoken strong believer. Uh, loves the Lord and does not back down from anybody on it. I mean, he's just bold and courageous. Well, Ty happens to be uh, what they call a CrossFit mayhem athlete. So he took the programming from Rich Froning and trained for the games. And then you were invited to go to Cookville, Tennessee and train with them before the games, correct? Yes, that's correct. So tell me about that. First of all, you know, being a CrossFit athlete, what was it like to get an invite from Rich Froning and his team to come train with them? Uh, I was definitely shocked at first. Uh, those are some of the best athletes in the world. And for them to be saying, hey, come out for a weekend and come work out with us, learn a little bit and get better. I was super excited. So you're you're 15 years old. You're out there with the best CrossFitters in the world. <laughs> 
what are you thinking? What was the first workout you did with them? Uh, it was called Midline March, and it was overhead walking lunges, handstand walks, and GHDs. Okay, so let's describe that to our audience. So an overhead lunge, how, what was the weight you're holding over the top of your head? It was 115 pounds. 115 pounds, so his arms are locked, he's holding above his head, and then how, like how long was the lunge or how many steps was it? It was 100 feet. So 100 feet, he's lunging with that weight overhead, so you complete that leg, and then you do a handstand walk. Is it the same length? Yes, it's also 100 feet. Ty is, <laughs> this is amazing, and he did this in the games, but one of the events that they do is they diff- do handstand walks. Like they're literally like sprinting across the field on their hands. <laughs> How long did it take you to get good at that? Uh, I worked on them every day for uh, probably a whole month before I got good at them. Carter, how are your handstand walks? Horrible. Yeah, and I would describe mine as abysmal. <laughs> that is so fun. So then you did a handstand walk and then a GHD is uh, there's this machine called the glute ham developer where you do these, it's like the nastiest version of a sit up on planet earth, right? It's like you completely bend back, touch the floor, come all the way up. How many of those did you do? I believe it was 50. 50. And then how, how many rounds or was it just a sprint through It that? was three full rounds. So three rounds of those lunges, handstand walks, and GHDs. And what are you like, what were your nerves like? I mean, this is probably your first time with high level athletes and again, it's a competition environment. Everybody's trying to win. Like, what are you feeling like? I was super nervous to start. Uh, I was in a lane right next to a kid named Nate Ackerman who ended up winning the 17-year-old division. So a very good athlete, and I knew that before it started. Yeah. And I look over, and a couple lanes over is Haley Adams, who right. has already competed in the games, and she is very, very good at what she does. So I get about a round and a half in, and I see Haley Adams finish. No. And I was blown away. <laughs> and no one else was close to her. And it was and she's crazy. young too, right? Yes. She's probably 19 or 20 now, yes. maybe. Yeah. And she smoked you. Oh, yeah, everyone. I mean, she left everyone in her dust. And it was crazy. Just my first workout with these big dogs, seeing her yeah. just demolish it. Wow. <laughs> that is so awesome. So you pr- you did some prep with them. And then you head to the games in Madison, Wisconsin is where it's at. You head up to the games and they have all these, you know, the divisions set up and you have seven different workouts. How many of the workouts did you know beforehand? Like how many could you prepare for? None. So you didn't know any of the workouts? No. It's total mystery going to Madison. So two weeks before the games, they released a few of the individual workouts, but and I actually saw those and started preparing for those, thinking that as the teens, we would get a little bit of a variation of what the that age division was doing. But we get there, and Sunday at noon, which we started Wednesday, we find out our first workout. Right. And it is nothing like the other workouts that we've uh-huh. seen. So that gave me a mini heart attack. Um, <laughs> okay, what was the workout? What was the first workout? Uh, a 3.7 mile run and that's it. Just a three, just a sprint, a 3.7 mile sprint. It was <laughs> gross. In, and where does that fall within your strengths? Definitely not a strength. So you're starting off the, the week, the mystery week with, uh, a, a workout that's pretty intimidating. 
Yeah, for sure. So what are you feeling like when you walk up to the starting line? Tell us like emotionally, physically, what's your body feel like? What are you, what are you experiencing? So I kind of a funny story. It started raining. We were supposed to go and we're on the North Park field. So it's outside. Yeah. And the lightning was keeping us indoors. So we couldn't go out. Okay. So we were in the corrals, which is the little staging area before we go for almost three hours. And so at that point, I think all of our nerves had settled down because we just been there for a ridiculously long amount of time and then get out to the starting line and then everyone gets nervous again. And there were a couple kids in my division who were at least six foot tall and a lot of them looked like runners and a lot of them were really good runners. Yeah. And so before that, the a lot or the horn sounded to start us all, I was kind of freaking out. <laughs> oh, I love it. And and the thing about a 3.7 mile run, it's short enough where you're gonna have to run almost as hard as you can. And you're looking at 20 plus minutes of absolute misery. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Carter, what are you thinking in the stands right now? Man, so when, when they all got to the starting line, it was me and my dad that were together. And we were standing there, and we're looking at Ty, and, you know, we're scouting out the other people. And like Ty said, we're like, everyone looks like they're just flat-out amazing runners. And so we're freaking out, probably worse than Ty was. My dad can't even look at the start line because he's freaking out. He's got his back turned. I do, too. I end up turning my back when the horn starts. And so we were trying to, like, devise a game plan and stuff. Like, where should we put people along the track? Because it was like a circuit. So there was five laps. They did five laps. So yeah. we were trying to spread people out yeah. to encourage him. And we, like, I mean, the horn sounds and Ty goes. And we just all start screaming. And, I mean, the whole time, your heart. I think we freaked out more in the stands than Ty ever did during the entire games. Yeah, it's just so, because you're tied in. It's your family. It's your brother and your emotions have just got to be all over the place. Joe, what's it like, you know, as a dad watching, you know, Cooper's a football player, what was it like for you? And you're a coach and a competitor. What was like some of those emotions, feelings, like how can you relate to it? Yeah. The fun thing about being a big brother like Carter is, and, and you can tell Shay, their family is really They're a tight. great family. They yeah. love the Lord with all their heart. Mm -hmm. All Everybody in the family does. And they care deeply for each other. Uh, and we'll talk later about this, but these guys are also really good football players. And right now, their football team, uh, these guys are having a big uh, influence on their mm -hmm. football team and eventually on the southwest part of the state of Missouri. But, uh, but they care deeply for each other. And the great thing about mentoring, the great thing about fathering is that you have so much more fun coaching it or fathering it or mentoring it or big brothering it than you do actually competing yourself. It's way more fun to see your son do it than for you to do it yourself. Way more fun. So you, you take off from the run. How'd you end up doing in the run? Uh, I ended up getting third. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, never done great, it before. Great race for a weakness, right? So what, what did that do to your just confidence looking at the rest of the week? It was a great boost because in my mind, I was praying for top 10. It, it was damage control at that point. Right. Like I wanted to stay as high on the leaderboard as I could, but I knew I would not win that event. And I was super surprised by third place because just a week earlier, I had done a workout with a three-mile run in it, and I had done really bad on it and was holding over an eight-minute mile pace, which 
at the level I'm competing at is not right. very good. Right. Yeah. So I was really surprised that I was able to bounce back and have a good performance on that run. You yeah. say what the listeners can't see is that uh, he is built more like a middle linebacker, which is what he is in football. Right. We're not talking about a tall, thin, you no. know, miler, mile runner, you know, by, by genetic code. Right. This man is a rock. Right. <laughs> and so what's so fascinating about this competition is they're, they're testing all around fitness. And so guys will come in with different specialties or specializations. You know, there's, I remember Gustavo Push, you know, like that guy was, he was slender, really strong, but he was built for things probably like that, where the next event, was the next event swim? No. Swim no. came a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's talk about the swim. So swim comes up and you got this guy who's built like, a piece of iron. Tell us about the swim. Uh, I was really excited about the swim. I, I've swam competitively for almost eight years now. And uh, it was, I kind of had a, a little heart attack beforehand because I was super excited about the swim. And then I see that in this lake in Madison, it's waist deep all the way out. It was 150 meters out and 150 back. And the groups before us could almost walk 100 meters out there. Wow. And so I was thinking to myself, my edge may have, I may have just lost my edge on this event because if we can all walk that far, it's only a little bit of swimming. I won't have time to gain any ground. Yeah. Um, and then a guy in the group ahead of me had this amazing strategy that I would have never thought of if I hadn't seen it, where he was jumping off the bottom of the lake and almost diving. And then he would glide for a second and then stand up again and do it. And I saw that. Wow. And I was like, I need to try that. And so I did, and I ended up taking first in that event. That was one of my two event wins. Um, you actually smashed them, right? I mean, like, I think the second place person was a couple minutes behind you, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, he just smashed the event. So that had to be a huge confidence booster, right? Yeah, it, it definitely was. And it was the last event of day two. Uh, so it was, it just gave me high spirits going into day three. Right. So going into day three, what place were you in? I was sitting in first, but, um, I only had a couple spots lead ahead of Isaiah who was in second. Right. So you're, you're sitting pretty, you're doing great heading into day three in first place. What do you, what are you processing? Like emotionally, are you thinking at that point that you can win? I was until they released the the events for day three, which actually happened at the end of day two at like 6 p.m. Okay. Uh, the first event had a movement I've struggled with ever since I started CrossFit, and it was double unders. Right. It was the sixth event. It was bar muscle-ups, ski, and double unders. Right. And I knew that Isaiah, who was sitting in second, was really good at double unders. Right. And so that was, kind of scared me a little bit. Um but then I did like event seven, which was at the end of day three. Uh-huh. But I knew I had to get past six first. So, yeah. I mean, Thursday morning, I was pretty scared. Right. Okay, so let me describe this this event. I watched, we watched it all. <laughs> um, so the bar muscle up, you know, it's a lot of people call them man ups, but instead of, you know, you do your pull up, but you don't stop there. You go all the way up above the bar where you're, you know, holding yourself up over the bar and you do how many of those? It was 15 the first round. Yeah. So 15 first round, it's just an incredibly taxing 
movement, very difficult. And they go to a ski erg, which is basically kind of like a skier where you grab uh, two handles up above your head and you pull them down along your side as if you were cross-country skiing. Again, another physically taxing. And then they did a double under, which is a jump rope where the rope travels twice uh, underneath you with each jump. And I noticed it was super difficult because you're doing it on turf. I mean, it's one thing to do it on a solid surface, but in other ones, the turf was catching your rope, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So how fresh, like you're already exhausted when you get to your first set of double unders and it starts catching, like you were catching over and over again. What are you thinking at that point? I was kind of in game mode and I usually don't have many thoughts during a workout, but that was the one event during the games that I was very frustrated with because I worked on double unders a lot this summer, but never thought to do it on turf. Right. And so when my rope kept catching and I saw Isaiah keep pulling away with his lead because he, uh, when he does his double unders, his rope never touches the ground. Right. And so he was just doing his normally and I was over here struggling with mine. Oof. Um, and finally, I figured out in about the middle of the second round, I ended up getting into a little bit more of a rhythm, but it was frustrating because at that point, I lost so much ground right. um, because of the first round. So what'd you end up placing in that? Fifth. So at that point, what place were you in? Were you Did you hold on to a first place or not? Or did you sacrifice it there? I, I held on to first. Um, okay. Yeah. So you're now you're barely in first place. And you're heading in, is it the last event? Yes. So my point margin at that point was 40 points. Yep. And if we were doing normal scoring, it would have been, that was six people could have gotten in between me and Isaiah, and I still could have won. But they made cuts. So the bottom 10 got cut out, and they did not get to participate in event seven. Okay. So the margin of points went from five for each place to 10 for each place. And the the point system is first place gets 100, right. second place gets 95, yep. third place gets 90. And at the end of the week, whoever has the most points win. But for event seven, it was first place gets 100, second place gets 90, and third place gets 80, and so on down the list. So going into the last event, I knew I had to finish one spot behind or ahead of Isaiah in order to win. Right. So the last event, Coach was, I mean, it was just so savage. It was the wall walks and the thrusters, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, after what's physically, what's your body feel like six events in your hands, your shoulder? What what are you feeling? How sore are you? Uh, very sore. Uh, until, until, uh, Thursday morning, we hadn't really used our shoulders much. So my shoulders actually felt really recovered but my legs were not. And with thrusters, which is a very quad-based movement, right? you have to have your legs. And so that was a little scary beforehand. Uh, but more than physically, just mentally, we were, we were all drained. Um, instead of warming up for that last event, I sat on a bench for 30 minutes trying to get my head to stop spinning. Is that so, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so talk us through that, that, last, uh, that last competition. So due to our placement, how they do the lanes, the the leader is in the middle, and then the second place is on his left side, and third place is on his right side. So I had the athletes next to me that I needed to have next to me. Right. And Isaiah was on my left, and 
my game plan for that workout was stay ahead of him at all costs. And uh, it was it was gross. It was one of the worst workouts I've ever done. It, <laughs> my shoulders just got so smoked. Um, but I had some sort of some sort of push that I found deep inside of me to stay ahead of him because I knew it was all or nothing at that point. Yeah. And you ended up really beating him pretty handily in that workout, right? Yeah. He kind of fell off. He did. I He sold out that morning to get the event win, and it, it came back to bite him. It did. And so you ended up, when when did you know in that workout that you were going to get across before him and you were going to win the CrossFit Games? Uh, in the round of four, where I had four repetitions of wall walks and four thrusters, four repetition or two repetitions of wall walks and then two reps of thrusters left. So just a little bit left in the workout, probably a minute or less. I knew I was a decent amount ahead of him and that it was over as long as I could hold on to the right. pace I was. Right. Um, and it was awesome to know that I had had a lot of finishes where I had to sprint across the line to beat people out. Yeah. Um, and it was nice that last event to not have to, I could <laughs> yeah. kind of jog across the finish line right. instead of having to sprint. Wow. And you won. This It's just unbelievable. So this is, there's a couple amazing things that happen after this. That was on, was it a Thursday? Yes. So he won on a Thursday. You were crowned on Friday, right? When you stood on the podium? Or was no, it that was later Thursday. Thursday? Okay. So Thursday, he goes through this competition. Uh, he's in Wisconsin. And on Saturday afternoon, Joe White, he rolls through the gates and he comes to camp at K7. Two days after he wins the CrossFit Games. And your dad sent me a bunch of your Instagram posts. And, and you know, when you walk through an experience like this, you gain a lot of you gain a platform. And apparently there was a lot of people asking him questions on Instagram and he was responding back. And, you know, one of the, one of the questions was kind of like, where do you get your motivation or your drive? And, and your response was, I, I get it from my, my relationship with God. It's just, it's more inspiring when you see a young man that goes through an experience like that, experiences just tremendous success and walks out with the same humility and faith that he had walking in on the front end, Ty. Why in the world did you come to Canicut Camps two days after winning the CrossFit Games? Uh, to be honest, it's one of my favorite places on earth. And um, I didn't get to go last year. Um, and I, I really wanted to make it. And I was so excited when I saw that my events fell on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday because that meant Saturday afternoon I could head out to K7. So. Joe, jump in here. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, our, our theme uh, up at the high school football team where these guys play football is uh, audience of one. It's it's a concept that a, a buddy of mine, Wes Neal, came up with years ago. But we talk about playing as if Jesus is the only audience that you have. And these guys are, are, I guess, using their influence. You know, Ty is the world champion and is a, is a very good football player. And then Carter and the other guys that we get to meet with uh, as seniors and very good athletes and leaders on the football team. But the whole thing that, you know, Ty and Carter 
play for is is playing for for Jesus, and they they're unashamed about their faith. They you know we have a, a new kind of a theme verse we're kicking around this year uh, called unashamed uh, that that we play because we're not ashamed of the gospel. And so I you know I, I just just speaking on behalf of Tyne Quarter and and the way you know I know these young men. Uh, that's what they win for. That's what they play football for. That's what they do CrossFit for. And, you know, I'd love to ask each of you uh, what it's like not just to be a great baseball player quarter or a great, you know, football player CrossFit guy. Both of y'all are, you know, good football players. But what's, what it's like to play for an audience of one? Um, yeah, so we – I'm in a Bible study with Joe, and um, – we it's with the, a bunch of the guys on the football team back when I used to play center um, as a lineman. Um, but our goal was to change Branson High School. Um, Branson hasn't had the best reputation in past years. And we we set out on a goal to change the school for Christ. And so I think our biggest thing was, I mean, my freshman, sophomore year, I mean, I was a little bit scared, you know, to go and step into that role. And then junior year and then this year and senior, it's felt more comfortable going and talking to those guys. We started a prayers before practice or after we lift. Almost everybody on the team participates in those now. And so mm. um, we were really excited that we've made progress with that. And hopefully not only to the football team, but hopefully the, the people that look up to the football team can ask, like, why we're different, why we play the way we do, why we say the things we do, and we can spread it throughout the school and kind of change the culture here at Branson. Isn't that great for, for high school students in a very secular high school, like every other secular high school, that have a goal to change the school for Jesus? Mm -hmm. Isn't that encouraging, Shay? Isn't that just great? It's got to be encouraging to the parents out there, too, you know, because I just think teenagers get such a bad rap and, you know, in large part, it's earned. But the reality is, and we get to see kids like this all the time. So you and I, we are encouraged about our future. But the fact that you guys are sitting here, you know, at this table and on this podcast, you're a demonstration. You're like the real life example of what we're talking about all the time. Like we see young men, young women that are passionate about their faith, who don't care about the ways of the world and they're ready to make a stand and they're making a difference. You guys are making a difference. And so Ty, talking about that, talking about making a difference, just with Shay saying, what's it like when you're competing for the world championship, knowing that your inspiration is Jesus Christ? What's it like to have that power inside of you? It's pretty amazing, honestly, because I was that's something that crossed my mind while I was competing was these other kids, they're here to, here to win because some of them, if if they lose, they don't have anything to fall back on or like CrossFit is the center of their life where for me, even if I hadn't done well, I always have Jesus to fall back on and my faith, which is the center of my life. And hmm. I, I just feel like, I mean, the amount of, of time I spent in the gym this summer, I don't think I could have spent seven, eight hours a day in the gym every day if I didn't have someone I was doing it for. <laughs> a01 audience of one shay that's what they play for yeah couldn't have said it better myself ty what's your future in the sport what do you think i'm i'm still trying to figure that out um i pray every night that god opens the doors that he wants me to go through uh i feel like 
CrossFit can't get me to college, but baseball can. And I may pursue baseball, but I may go back and pursue CrossFit as far as like a athletic career. But honestly, I'm going to play it by ear. Let he who has ears, let him hear. Carter, um, give us one more kind of sound off. You're, you're senior and clearly you're a leader. What is, um, what's your dream to hand off, like as far as a leadership mantle to hand off to your brother? When you leave Branson High School, what do you want to leave him with uh, in regard to the leadership role within Branson High? Man, I think a, guy, a lot of guys look up to Ty. Um, I know on the football team now, they call me Ty's brother instead of Carter. Um, <laughs> so he's got, he's got a pretty good base of people that enjoy being around him or enjoy talking to him, listening to him. And so I think that as he continues, and I try to pour into Ty and other people, I think as long as he continues to act the way he does, a lot of people are going to listen to him, and he's going to be able to change a lot of people. So I don't know how much I can do to help that, but because he's got a lot of it figured out. Mm. Show you the most exciting thing about mentoring, uh, and we call out all of our listeners to mentor somebody. Uh, there's there's a Timothy for every Paul, and even as a senior in high school, Carter and the other seniors in our Bible study are already reaching out to juniors, sophomores, and freshmen to mentor them. So now, as we've given the baton to these young men, they're giving the baton to younger men so that they can give the baton to others. And prayerfully, this high school uh, will never be the same from the influence of these young men. Mm -hmm. Well, Carter and Ty, we just want you to know we're thankful for you. Loved having this conversation and continue to celebrate all of your wins uh, in every avenue of life, and we're going to keep cheering you on. We want to thank our listeners for spending time with us today. We hope that today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to fitness and spiritual growth. With that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today, and we just uh, we thank you for these young men and the godly young men and women that are rising up in our world, uh, we cheer them on and we bless them in the name of Jesus. And we pray, God, that, that this conversation would be a spark, that it would be an encouragement for our listeners to live for an audience of one. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.